0: I am thankful for what God has begun to do or has been doing around this church and people that are connected to this church in recent days and weeks. I believe that God is a miracle-working God. I said, I believe that God is a miracle-working God. That's better. let me know you're still awake. I believe that God wants to perform miracles on our behalf. I believe he wants to intervene in our lives. The problem is usually the fact that we're not positioned properly to receive his miraculous intervention. And so I want to preach for a few minutes today on positioning for a miracle or being in position for a miracle. Position is everything when God is ready to move. And so in John chapter 2, hopefully it's a familiar portion of Scripture, but on the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, she just ignored him. Did you notice that? Just said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. This, the first of his signs, or his miracles, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Positioned for a miracle. I believe in positioning in twofold aspect. I believe there is a position physically that we need to be in and there is a position mentally or spiritually that we need to be in for God to step into our lives and begin to minister in such a way that it is of the miraculous nature. So I want to give, first of all, a definition of what I mean by a miracle. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. It's it's an extremely outstanding or unusual event, thing, or accomplishment. Really when it is all boiled down to it is simply this. When the supernatural gets involved with the natural, it becomes a miraculous thing. When the God of all creation, that which is supernatural, steps into something that is natural, the natural cannot contain that which is supernatural, and so something has to happen. Something begins to take place where the almighty God begins to do a work. Let me put it to you a different way. It's when divinity invades humanity. It's the reason why the greatest miracle of all time is what we classify as the incarnation because it's at the incarnation that deity invaded humanity by becoming a human. And we call his name Jesus. And because of Jesus, we now have access again to deity. But because we're not walking in his presence uh, in, in, in the in the. Uh, realistic form if you will we're not in heaven yet because of that, it's still a miracle as divinity intersects with our humanity and if we're positioned right, that which God does, he speaks everything into existence. When he begins to speak into your life, things that are dead are resurrected. Things that are, are, are lame are begin to get strength. The voice that was muted becomes a voice of strength. The ears that were deaf become ears of hearing and eyes that were blind become eyes of seeing. When the miraculous power of God steps into our lives, there is a different dynamic that takes place. But there's two things that we have allowed to happen that I believe, there's at least two things, there's probably a bunch more, but at least two things that the Christian world has allowed to happen when it comes to the miraculous number one they live only for the miraculous and so when God doesn't seemingly work we question whether there's a God or not and I don't know where that philosophy or that idea sprung from other than you and I usually like things the way we like things And not other people's ideas. And especially not a God that we may not have seen yet. And so something rises in us and says, Well, God, I really don't see you working in this situation because there's not a miracle that's taken place yet. And so because God hasn't performed the miracle and we have preached a message uh, wrongly, in my opinion, about the concept of faith and asking him, we have drawn this conclusion that God is not working in miracles anymore. What do I mean by by our faith and the way we ask? There is a scripture in John chapter 10, I believe it is, that says, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I give him. And we have taken the meaning of that to say you can ask whatever you want to ask and he is bound to give it to you. That's not what the scripture says. You, you you can't just pull one concept out of Scripture and create a doctrine because there's another one that says you're not getting what you're wanting because you're asking amiss or you're asking wrongly. You're missing the mark of your question. And then we have people that say, well, um, you know, the, the, if I have just have enough faith, then God's going to move my mountain. Well, that's not really in Scripture either. Because if you understand what that means, that means this. If you have God's faith, the mountain will move. That means you surrender your faith to God's faith, and as God begins to speak, mountains change. Okay? So what, what am I trying to get at? Because I believe in miracles. We've seen them. I believe that the purpose of a miracle is twofold. Number one, it's to give a glimpse, on, glimpse and, and, and a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like. Because those that are sick are made whole, which is what we're going to be like in heaven. Those that are suffering grief at the loss of a loved one, at that moment of time, they recognize when the miracle comes and the grief subsides and God has stepped in and they recognize that God has been with them. They understand what it means when the Bible says there's not going to be any more sorrow or no more heartache or no more tears. So the miraculous of God is to give us just a taste of, of what glory's going to be like when the trumpet sounds. Does that make sense? And the second reason for a miracle is so that we recognize who God is. He's bigger than anything, stronger than anything, more wise than anything. His thoughts are above our thoughts, His ways are above our ways. There, there is so much that we don't get or understand. We like to think we do, but I'm sorry to disappoint you, we don't. And so there's some positions here in Scripture that set up for a miracle. So I want to draw some of these out of this passage. First of all, you need to be in a place where a miracle is needed, Now, here's why I said it's both physical and it's mental or spiritual. There are some of you that say, well, I I don't really need a miracle right now. Okay, don't expect to get one then. But if you begin praying... And you begin thinking about certain situations in your life where you need God, that you can't figure it out on your own. You can't pull out the calculator and put uh, A plus B and, and equals C. You can't do all of the formulas and you can't do all of the equations of life to try to get from one point to the next point. When you get to there spiritually and you recognize, God, I can't do this... You're in position for a miracle. You're in the place where a miracle is needed. Okay, I also want you to notice this. Verse number two, if you take notes in the Bible like I do, mark this somehow. Jesus also was invited. Some of us haven't invited him yet. Yeah, we may have given lip service to an invitation, but has our heart invited him? Has our lifestyle invited him? Some of us speak the things of God, and then we get outside the four walls of the sanctuary and we feed our brains with all kinds of junk and all kinds of mess, and video games, and movies, and newspapers, and television, and all the things that this world has to offer, and we pollute. The things that are going on in the inside, and then we gather together for a short period of time on a Wednesday or a Sunday or a Thursday or whenever, and, and we get for that when we feel cleansed for that little bit of time. What's really happening? I'll tell you what's happening. You're not inviting Jesus in on Monday. I I, I know that might hurt a little, but I need to help somebody. Part of the reason why you're not seeing the supernatural evidence in your life. And and let me just, let me back up to the definition. See, we look at healing as, we we look at healing as a a miracle. A miracle is all of a sudden you were sick, now you're whole. You're, You're blind, now you can see, et cetera, et cetera. You're dead, now you're alive, okay? Those are miracles. But the miraculous is simply taking a breath. The miraculous is simply able to digest your food. You see, the miraculous is when you recognize that divinity is active in your life. When you don't recognize it, you're not in position for a miracle. And when you're unwilling to invite Jesus into your life, you are stepping out of the position where that miraculous touch and presence of God can operate and move and and touch you and minister to you and lead you and guide you. So you need to be in the place. You need to invite Jesus You need to be empty of material solutions or natural solutions. They were out of wine. Listen, you don't need to get rid of everything to be out of something. You may have all kinds of finance and resources, but in your mind and in your spirit, you can empty it out. You you see, these people were poor planners. And I say poor planners in two ways. They weren't good at it and they didn't have the resources to do it. And so they run out of wine at a wedding celebration. Now, we've got several weddings happening this year, but do you want to know in Bible days, the wedding wasn't just one day? The Bible has weddings. It's a very long time for a wedding. And uh, the celebration of a wedding was at least one week long. Until you pay the bill. And these people have run out of wine, and they don't have the resource to, uh, to, to, to get the wine replaced. And so notice what happens. They run out of wine and the mother of Jesus recognizes an emptiness and declares to Jesus the emptiness. Can I tell you today, let me step into the place of Mary for just a moment. Some of you have been running on empty. Some of you have been getting up totally and physically and spiritually exhausted. Some of you have not been able to even think clearly. Some of you are running on fumes. Can I just tell you that I have been talking with Jesus this morning, and I have asked him before this day is over, would you just fill the water pots, Lord? Would you just change supernaturally that which we have to offer into that which you requested of us? We may not be able even to lift our hands because we're so tired, but if we would just begin to do it, Jesus will empower us. Jesus will make the miraculous happen and something will shift in our spirit. But you want to know what? Here's another key phrase. Well, Jesus tries to, woman, what does that have to do with me? Mine hour is not yet come. Oh, Jesus. Your mama's been pondering this in your heart for many, many years. She knows it's time, it's ready for a miracle. So she ignores him. Son and daughter, Don't get out of sorts when mom ignores you. Just get ready for Jesus to step in. Oh, somebody's got to get this. We are the bride of Christ. The church is. And there will be days when the church can't answer the need There will be days when the church doesn't have the answer. There will be days when you step through those doors and you sit through a worship service and you came empty and you don't feel anything. Let me just tell you, when mama ignores the situation... When the bride ignores the situation, don't be offended by the person that's sitting next to you. Don't be offended by the praise team. Don't be offended by the teachers and the preachers. Just recognize that if the church is not able to assist in that moment of time, if you're not feeling the strength of the Lord, it simply means this. Jesus is preparing to do his own work in you. He's getting ready to step into your life. He's getting ready to whisper in your spirit. He's getting ready to fill your water pot. He's getting ready to change that which is humdrum into that which is miraculous. You are in position for a move of Almighty God when the things around you seem to be silent. God is getting ready to roar. This mama was tough to deal with. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. If you're newer to this church, you have to understand who I am as a pastor, as a preacher. I don't know that I have ever sat down with anybody and said, you need to do this or else. Okay, now I've had pastors do that. And I know of pastors that operate that way. That's not me. But this mama Mary, she just I, I I'm reading between the lines, I'm picturing the scene. She recognizes the wedding that she's at has run out and the miracle needs to happen. And so she turns to Jesus and she says, Jesus, they're out of wine. And he responds, well, what does that have to do with me? He, she ignores him and turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. Here's what this pastor will tell you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. I can't give, all I can do is direct you to Jesus. Oh, I can take his word and give you some answers, but I can't tell you how to get out of your situation. I can't tell you how to fix your heart. I can't, all I can tell you is do what Jesus tells you to do. Listen for his voice, read his word, spend time in private with him, allow him to, 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 to to manifest himself to you and to saturate you and to consume you and don't be afraid to do what he wants you to do even if it doesn't make a lick of sense. It seemed odd. You have to remember there hasn't been a miracle done yet. The Bible says this is the first one. So the servants must have trusted Mary enough to listen to what they what she had to say. And the servants said, okay, Mary said to do whatever he says. I guess the carpenter's son's gonna give us some wisdom on how to get through this feast. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't send him to the store. He says simply this, fill up the water pots with water. Think of that. They're expecting wine and he says fill it with water. Now I don't know what these servants were thinking. But if they were like me... if they were like you, there's a good chance that we would get into a debate on how efficient it would be to fill these old water pots with water. But I want you to notice two things underlying the surface of the miracle. Notice what the water pots were used for. They were used for the purification of the Jew. Listen, when God tells you to fill something, you have already been made ready to be filled. When God tells you, you have already been used for purification. The vessel of emptiness that you are. God is wanting to fill you with water. Because you have already succeeded in being purified by his spirit. Don't, don't ever question what God is trying. to. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Well, God. Now you're going to have to tell me how much water to put in. And you're going to have to tell me how this is really going to work. I need the schematics and the breakdowns of the water that you're putting into these pots. And Lord, I need a schematic of what's on the inside of the pot that's going to make this water taste like wine. Some of you are laughing because you've done it with God. I want you to do this. And we're like, really, God? Are you sure, God? And some of us are even crazy enough to be like Gideon. Okay, God, make this part of the yard wet and that part of the yard dry and I'll know it's you. Do whatever he tells you to do even when it doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense to spend two hours at church on Sundays. Sunday's the only day I get off work. Yeah, it's two hours. Why not spend it with him and his body on earth? doesn't make sense that it can change the trajectory of your life. It doesn't make sense that you get nourishment from the body. It doesn't make sense that just a couple of hours together can give you the strength to get through your week. It doesn't make sense. But God said through the writer of Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as others do, but meet so much more often because the days are coming to a close. I'm just telling you something today. I want you to understand something. In order to have the miraculous operating in your life, you've just got to do whatever he tells you to do. Even if you can't figure it out. Hey, you're sitting in a miracle. Can I tell you, when we started walking in this project a couple of years ago, we didn't have all the answers. We didn't have all the money. The bank, was what we first talked to, was only going to give us half of what we needed at a much higher interest rate than what we ended up with. But we kept moving. We kept giving. We kept sacrificing. And if you were sitting in some of the meetings that some of our leaders sat in as one thing fell in place and then the next thing fell in place and then we had two banks competing for us by the end of the whole thing and got us exactly what we asked for at a rate that was lower than we expected, don't tell me God doesn't move. But it didn't make sense when we started moving. So then the next thing I see here is take the risk to do what he says to do. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you what I mean by that. It was one thing for him to tell them to fill them with water. I can kind of picture where they keep the, 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 the jars. I can kind of see that's in the back storage room. Okay, nobody's going to see me do what Jesus asked me to do. I'm doing this in private. I'm pouring that water in. I'm gonna fill it all the way up to the brim so I can't be accused of cutting corners. But nobody can see me. I'm doing it hidden. It's hidden. Nobody. Nobody. I'm not making a fool of myself. Nobody's ever gonna know whether I put water or wine in there. There's no. I'm just doing what he's doing. But nobody's ever gonna know until Jesus says, "Now take and give it to the governor. Take and give it to the master of the feast." it didn't make sense to put water in there But that was not very risky because it was hidden. But then God asks them to do something a little bit risky. Now draw out from the water and give it to the master of the feast. Let me tell you, my friend, there are some times where you have to step out onto thin ice. There are some times where you have to operate in areas that you may not be comfortable operating in because Jesus is wanting you to take a risk. Jesus is wanting to expose his power through you by you acting on his behalf. When, can you imagine what those servants thought then? I have to take this into public. I have to draw water out. Now, there is all kinds of debate on when the water turned into wine. But you have to recognize in order to be in a position for the miraculous that you may not recognize the exact moment when the miracle takes place. Here's what I believe, and you can disagree with me all you want. Everybody has an entitlement to be wrong once in a while, but you can just listen to me for just a moment. And and here's what I believe. I believe when they draw water out out of the jar, it was still water. I believe when they put it in the cup of the governor, it was still water. But the Bible says when the master tasted the water and now became wine, I believe that's when when he began to partake in that which was miraculous, all of a sudden. So let me tell you what the servants were probably doing. They were shaking in their boots. They were fearful. I'm getting ready to deceive the governor. I'm getting ready to deceive the master, the one who pays the bills, the one who supports the feast. Uh, I'm getting ready to make a fool out of myself because I'm getting ready to give them a cup of water when he's expecting a cup of wine. But something happens when you're willing to take a risk, even though you're scared out of your mind, even though apprehension has overtaken you, even though nerves has tied your stomach in knots. Just step out Anyhow, because when you step out and the person that's receiving what you have to give, it will turn into wine. Oh. Notice this the governor of the feast, or the master of the feast went to the person that was in charge, or the the, the father really, and said, you're weird. That's Tim Sanders terminology. Most people put the best out first until their senses are dulled and then they put out the lesser because nobody would recognize it as being less. But you have saved the best for last. The miraculous is always going to be better than the original. And the miracle will always go through the dullness of your brain. And the dullness of your spirit. We get dulled to the things around us. Our circ we get used to working in our circumstances. We get we get used to settling for mediocre when God has the best. We get used to operating on a natural level and going through the motions of being a relationship in a relationship with Jesus, and we get used to having good church like we've had today, and we get used to good worship, and we get used to all of that until our senses are dulled, until God steps in and changes the atmosphere and gives us something that's brand new. That is much better than it was before. Let me just tell somebody here today, I believe that what you have received from God was good, but he's saving the best for now. What was good for you 10 years ago was great, but what God is trying to step into your life and give you a miracle today is going to far outseed what you had before. He wants you deeper. He wants you stronger. He wants you more in tune with his spirit. He wants to lead and guide you. He wants to open up new doors and close old doors. He wants to repair relationships with your family. He wants to raise up disciples. He wants to raise up anointed preachers of the gospel. Not that just preach from a pulpit but that walk into an office declaring the good news of God. It's always better. It's always better. But then here's the last thing that I want to share with you. is the miraculous is oftentimes simply personal we think everybody knows that the water was turned to wine because we read it in the bible the bible's been published for centuries everybody knows it was one it was the first miracle that jesus did he turned water into wine at a marriage supper at a wedding feast I've heard over and over messages about how God likes to party because he did his first miracle at a wedding. Read between the lines, you can say that. But can I just tell you something? Nobody at the wedding except for the servants and the disciples knew that there was a miracle that took place. He, they didn't broadcast it. They didn't talk about it. It probably wasn't even talked about until the disciples wrote the Gospels, which were decades after this probably happened. Let me just tell you, there are things that will happen in your life that you need to recognize as miraculous, but nobody else will ever know it. And you don't need to go around telling them because miracles can be very personal. God may fill you today. God may anoint you today. God may embrace you today. But it doesn't necessarily need to be broadcast. Because it's a very personal thing. Well, pastor, that doesn't make sense. We're supposed to go tell everybody. Well, the man from Gadara, he wanted to go tell everybody. He said, no, you can't come with me. You need to stay. You can tell people here, but it's not going everywhere. There's other times in Scripture, said, Jesus said, don't tell anybody about it. Was he being secretive? No, he was being personal. When the miraculous, when you're positioned for the miraculous. When you have gotten to a place, mentally and spiritually or physically. Can I tell you why some people deal with sickness? Because God wants to get you in position for a miracle. Well, pastor, some people aren't ever healed. Healing's not the miracle. Healing's not the miracle. The miracle is the embrace of Jesus in the midst of sickness. Can I tell you that the Bible says that they shall recover? Can I tell you when my dad was healed? When he took his last breath here. I don't know what goes on in glory. When the Lord calls me home, I'll figure it out then. But here's what I have to believe. As the song says, I can only imagine. Here's what I can imagine in my spirit. I had a father who was six foot four, at at his playing weight he was 220, 225. At his non-playing weight he was a whole lot heavier than that. Pushing four. He was a big guy. His hands were bigger than my hands. His arms were bigger than my arms. He was a huge dude. But in the last days of his life, he was all skin and bones. And I would carry him I, like, a, like a small child from one room into his bed until we could no longer even move him because of the pain. And he stayed in his daybed out in the, in the sunroom until God took him home. Here's what I, that big, strong, physical, natural specimen of a man became such a weak individual figure. But can I tell you what I, I know what happened when he went into glory? Because on the natural side of things, even though he couldn't talk to us anymore, even though he couldn't communicate with us anymore, all of a sudden we heard tongues begin to be spoken. We began to hear my father began to rejoice in the Lord on this side of glory as he began to speak to the Lord. It was weak in nature, but you could hear it. You could sense it. You could feel it. That moment he took his last breath, I've got to believe he was 6'4 again. He was almighty. He was stepping into the glory of God. What took place? a miracle. I didn't get to see it yet. I'll see it when I get there. But here's what I know. Sometimes you don't see the miraculous moving in your in your life because it's a personal thing. And sometimes you just need to recognize, I just took a breath. God did a miracle. I just took a step. God did a miracle. I just woke up. God did a miracle. You see... Here's what happens, and I'm coming to a close. Here's what happens. We live our lives, some of us have lived our lives trying to get to the next miracle. And so when that miraculous thing doesn't happen, that we have classified as miracle and normal, we question whether God is even there. We question what God is doing. We, we, listen, in a church setting, let me say this, in a church setting, now don't get me wrong, I want to see miracles. I want to see the blind healed. I want to see the deaf healed. I want to see people having to to put their wheelchairs here and their canes. I want to see all of that. But here's the thing that we have to understand. In order for that to happen, somebody's got to be in that situation. So when you begin to pray for miracles in your life, it's like praying for Patience. God, I want to see miracles in my life. Okay, if you want to see them, He's got to get you to a position for them. And for most of us, that position is a place where we're at the bottom, where we're struggling, where we're suffering when we're dealing with something that's too big for ourselves because we have failed to recognize that the fact that he loves you, the fact that he wants a relationship with you, the fact that he wants to walk you walk with you every single day in every single situation is the miracle. Don't miss the miraculous in search of the miracle. Position yourself for the miraculous and the miracles will come. I can see some of your faces. You're going to have to be thinking about this message a little bit this week because it hasn't totally connected with you. But recognize this. The presence of God in your life is miraculous and if he's in your life on a daily basis you'll end up seeing the miracles I want the miraculous can I just be as you're standing can I just be honest with you if I never see another miracle in my life I've lived 51 and a half years Turned 52 this summer. I've seen enough miracles in my life to know that God's in control. I'm not worried about miracles, but every day I need the miraculous. I need divinity intersecting with my humanity and having that relationship with one another. It's the most miraculous thing that you can ever experience is hand-in-hand with your Creator. Here's what I want us to do. All across this place, if you would just close your eyes for just a minute. If you have been so intent on the miracle that you have started to miss the miraculous would you just raise your hands in the presence of God? All eyes closed. You've been so desperate for a miracle that you've missed the miraculous. Yeah, all across this place, hands are raised. Praise God. Now I'm going to ask everybody here, would you just raise your hands? Almost just like a funnel. I know it's, it sounds corny. But hey, <clears throat> do what he tells you to do. Because here's what I want to pray. I want to pray, Lord, help us to receive the miraculous and not worry about the miracles. Jesus, by the authority of your word, in obedience to what you have spoken, each person here right now is a water pot. And I'm asking you, Lord, now to fill them with the miraculous. Lord, we're not here for miracles. We're here for you. We're not here to see what you can do for us. We're here simply because we want to be with you. We're here because we want you to be involved in our lives. And, Lord, we understand that that is the miraculous. Lord, hands are raised like a funnel. I'm asking you to release the heavenly hosts that are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation and just begin to pour out the oil of gladness that you have. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, from the very sole of their foot to the very top of their head, Lord, begin to pour it into the funnel, into their spirit into their hearts, into their minds, Lord, so that they understand that in this short moment of time that they are connecting with the miraculous power of God, the miraculous person of Jesus, the miraculous love of the Master, Lord, that that your anointing is settling on them and in them, Lord God, so that as they begin to walk out the miraculous, miracles will follow, signs will follow, people will follow, change will follow lives will be changed marriages will be changed families will be restored let the power of the Holy Ghost take up residence in each one right now I pray by the authority of your word and the power that's in your blood in Jesus name and now before we dismiss this service would you just seal this with a worship yeah just begin to worship I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord! Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want to challenge you to do in the next day or two. It's going to go against, for all of you that have been church born and bred, it's going to go against everything that we've done it here before. But between now and, say, Wednesday, don't ask God for a thing. Other than him, don't ask him about your finances. Don't ask him about any sickness that you know. Don't ask him about any needs that you have. Don't ask him to save your neighbor. The next three days are simply this Lord, let me be filled with the miraculous. Because until we're positioned for the miraculous, we'll never see the miracles. Do you understand my challenge? think it's going to be easy Hey that means when you get to lunch today don't ask him to bless your food just thank him for the food You understand what I mean? don't ask him for anything he already knows what you need anyhow Don't ask I know that that's not preached or taught very often Don't ask him for a thing for the next 3 days Just thank him for the miraculous and just see how it'll change your life come Thursday morning. In Jesus' name, we love you all so very much. Can't wait to see what God's got in store. Don't forget all of the announcements. Lord willing, we'll be seeing you Wednesday online, Chainbreakers Wednesday night. Uh, there's no, no leadership and or Grace College Thursday night. Uh, Grace College will be two weeks Leadership will be the next Thursday night, the 2nd, I think. So about the ninth will be the next Grace College. Love you all. Have a great, great week in Jesus.